Hey guys, what's up? It's Lisa and you're listening to What's Next with Lisa. Today is Friday, July 23rd, 2021. Welcome back to the official podcast, What's Next with Lisa Scott. So today I want to get into talking about breakups. Um, It's no secret. They're hard. They're probably one of the most difficult things most of us navigate in life. The questions, the sadness, the grieving. And I want to get into maybe how to make that process a little bit easier, but how to go through that, how to move through that and come out on the other side of it feeling a bit more empowered, a bit more encouraged about where you're going next, um, and being able to look back on that experience as a learning experience when you're ready to. So I want to get into that. But before we do that, let's bring back something I haven't done in a few weeks. Let's get over to the official what's next question and answer. Hey, what's next? Okay, guys, so let's get into it. This question came to me um, last week after last week's episode, and it's a question that comes up a lot when we're talking about relationships, and this question has everything to do with narcissists uh, and how to keep your eye out for one of them, and their question is, since narcissists often love bomb by mirroring and trying to collect info from you, to use that to manipulate in the beginning, how can we know how to share the right amount of info with someone when we are getting to know them? When are personal questions too much? Awesome question. And here's the deal. We hear, or at least I've been hearing, a lot about love bombing um, on social media. And love bombing, in a sense, is when somebody comes out of the gate really strong and they're saying, you know, all the right things, you know, everything you like, they like, you're the best thing that's ever happened to them. Everything's about you and what you need. And on some level, I think, you know, it's natural to want to believe when you're, when you connect with somebody that that's genuine, but where that becomes sort of red flag behavior is when, you know, they come out of the gate first date um, and it's you're the greatest and asking lots of personal questions um, and you just hopefully you kind of feel in your gut like whoa this is a little intense and narcissists do that as a way to sort of lure you in right they love bombs so they drop a bomb of love and you think this is great it's everything I've ever wanted but what happens is exactly with what your question said, they're basically collecting information to use to know how to manipulate you. And so my general rule for this is I always say you should never share your story with somebody who can't take care of it. And generally, the natural progression of a relationship is to get to know somebody and to take your time. Therefore, if you're not comfortable sharing your story, then don't until you've got a better sense of who this person is or what their intentions are and what a potential relationship with them looks like. Um, And the thing that's so hard is I'd love to be able to give you a guide to say, oh yeah, that's narcissistic behavior right off the bat, but they're really good at what they do. And 
you want to believe that everybody's genuine, but oftentimes people aren't. And so it's about your comfort. It's about knowing where your boundaries are. And it's about being able to say to that person, if they ask something that's too personal right off the bat, redirecting that conversation. And it can be something as simple as, "Mm, we can get into that later. So tell me more about this, you know, and ask them a question. Relationships aren't depositions. And so I would tell you if somebody comes out really, really strong and they, you know, they want to see you every day and it's so great, watch their reaction when maybe you can't see them on a day. How do they react? Are they respectful of that? Um, Do they understand that and say, I totally get it. I support you doing that. Have fun. Let's shoot for Saturday. Watch their reaction to that. If they're getting angry or upset or they make it about them and say, oh, but I really miss you and and that's not fair and I've been waiting all week to see you, that's not healthy. That's not a healthy response, especially in the beginning of a relationship. Um, And it's like with anybody, you learn how to let somebody in and trust them by building a healthy foundation. So if you're building that foundation really, really quick, then a lot of times it crumbles. Not every time. I, I absolutely agree there are exceptions to the rule. You know, you always hear stories about, oh, we met on our first date. We knew we wanted to marry each other and we've been together for 25 years. Of course, there are exceptions to the rule. However, I would tell you, lead with an open heart. Be smart watch behaviors, watch their reactions to you setting boundaries. Narcissists don't like boundaries. So if we're speaking of a narcissist um, specifically, they're not going to like if you don't want to answer a question or if you can't see them on a Friday or if you have to stay late at work one night and cancel their date. They're going to respond probably pretty negatively. You know, and that being said, a lot of this stuff unfolds with time, whether they're a narcissist or not. So you're always looking to see how does this feel? How are we connecting? Are we supporting each other? So being connected to your worth, your value, and what is important to you in a relationship is going to be important, narcissist or not. So I hope that helps you. If you guys have questions, email me at whatsnextwithlisa at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter at whatsnextwithlisa. And I try to read all of your messages and either respond to them via direct message or maybe even feature it on the podcast. So send me a message if you've got a question. Let me know what you're working on. So let's get into today's topic. Breakups. I mean, they're awful. They suck. Uh, let's not mince words here, right? I mean, I've had a couple of breakups in my life before finding my person where I literally didn't see it coming. You think everything's fine. You wake up on a Saturday morning and make breakfast and then all of a sudden they're breaking up with you and you think you almost can't even process it at first. You think it's not real. And it's one of the most you know, heartbreaking, soul-crushing things around there. And I remember, you know, probably the worst breakup of my life. I didn't even know up from down. I was just like crippled with this grief and sadness. And a lot of that is because I had put a lot of hopes and dreams on this relationship and we had been planning a future and you think that everything's going great and then all of a sudden it's not. But 
when that sadness and that grief and that longing just to like win that person back or get that person back starts to calm down because there really is no substitute for time. I know that's like a crap answer um, for a lot of us, but there is no substitute for time. You're able to look back on the relationship and probably see more holes and cracks than you are giving it credit for in the moment. Because when you're in a relationship and you love somebody, you think, oh yeah, let's make this work. It's no big deal. Let's move on from this. Um, Yes, this really upset me, but they won't do it again. And then they do it two or three more times. And when when you're able to sort of quiet that grief and sadness for a little bit, You're able to look back and rather than making excuses or explaining things away, you really do see, I think, the cracks and and the holes that weren't working. And I can tell you for me, with the particular breakup that I'm thinking of, when I really looked back on that relationship, I mean, it took me a good couple of weeks of just full on not eating, crying, not, you know, not wanting to live in the same town I was living in, you know, had to get away kind of thing. When I looked back on that, I could pinpoint the exact moment that I should have ended the relationship, honestly. And that's hindsight. And they say hindsight's twenty twenty for a reason. Because I look back on that now and when I was able to take a breath and really connect to my value and my worth and look back on that relationship and not blame anybody per se and not be angry but look back on it I can tell you the exact moment that I should have set a boundary with that person and said all right well when you've got this figured out let me know and I didn't do that I didn't choose myself I chose to have faith that it would just all kind of work itself out if we put enough time into it. And the trouble with that when I looked back was I was the only one putting real time and effort into making this particular situation okay. That was an ongoing thing in our relationship. And uh, this person put very little effort He said all the right things, right? There were a lot of great words, but there was very little action backing that up. And that's something that I paid attention to and learned from um, for future relationships. And so a lot of people ask me, how do you know when it's time to get out of a relationship? And my general rule of thumb for that, obviously it's different for everybody, everybody's situation is unique but I would tell you when you can sit quietly for a minute and get really honest with yourself really honest with yourself and you are finding that you're breaking up with yourself often to to continue this relationship meaning you're disconnecting or straying from your values what's important to you Um, your self-worth you're the only one compromising you're the only one putting in the hard work that's usually a pretty good sign that that relationship, um, maybe it's time to end that relationship because relationships really do take two people. It takes two people committed to the same things. And if one person's telling you, you know, I'm not here, I'm not emotionally available, I'm not ready for a relationship, I'm not ready for marriage, I don't want kids, like all of these things, you have a responsibility to yourself to pay attention to that. And it's they're not things that you necessarily need to get mad about or blame the other person for. But I think that it's they're things that you need to pay attention to and then 
turn that that lens back to yourself with softness of course and it's okay to say this makes me really heartbroken that this person doesn't align with where I want to go in life or what we what I want out of life and it makes me really sad because I had all these hopes and dreams pinned on it um and again it's not necessarily that something that needs to make you mad but it's something to be mindful of and it is disappointing and if you follow me on Instagram I put something up that said let's be clear you're allowed to be sad and grieve a relationship that came to an end even when that person turns out to be an ass because you've you've put your future and your hopes and dreams so you're not only grieving the relationship but I think you've got to create a space to also grieve your future slash hopes and dreams with that person you don't need to give up on what you want if it's a family or marriage or a travel partner or you know everybody's got different hopes and dreams for a relationship I'm not saying give up on that because you're certainly not asking for too much but you could be asking the wrong person and coming to terms with that by saying okay I'm not asking for too much But I take accountability in saying I was definitely asking the wrong person. There's a freedom in that. Um, There's a freedom in in saying I've got to challenge myself now to be emotionally available to other people that share this vision with me. And it's really about when the initial sadness and heartbreak is over is holding yourself accountable to saying, How can I look back on this? How can I kind of see where it it went wrong? Maybe what I should have done. Maybe what that person did. Really kind of think about that and and remind myself that I'm not starting over. I'm starting with this experience. If I'm strong enough to give myself the opportunity to use this as just that experience. And that way, the next time you meet somebody you're much you're much more attuned to yourself and what's important to you and maybe what red flags look like maybe what um, deal breakers are non-negotiables you know things like that and so the challenge after a really bad breakup or a painful breakup is yes grieving it meaning grief is left over love with nowhere to go yet and that's why it's so heavy and hard so you have all this love you wanted to give And when you're ready, you can put that love back into yourself and you can put that love into somebody who's willing to be um, a better suited partner for you. But you've got to let the other one go in order to open up enough emotional space for that person. And, you know, the next few things I want to talk about are things that I think a lot of us experience but there are things for me, and granted, I come I come to the table here with a professional knowledge, but I also come to the table, I, I don't want you guys to forget, with a pretty well-versed personal knowledge when it comes to relationships not working out. And I say that because I have found my person. And um, I'm telling you that it's never, it's just never too late. Um, you're not behind the game, even if you think, oh, well, I'm in my 30s. I don't want to start over. You know, you've got a choice to make. You can either stay in something that's not serving you and and let that lower your standards, or you can empower yourself to get out and say, I've got to be ready to be available to the right person when they come. 
And you'd rather have the right person at a later time than the wrong person for the rest of your life. Don't settle. Don't stay in a place. And I put this on Instagram too. It breaks my heart. When you stay in something that's not working and you're the only one trying to make it work and you start to almost normalize that behavior. So your barometer for happiness, you just kind of accept this new normal of toxicity and you think, well, this is what it is. Everybody has problems. Everybody deals with something. Every relationship has something. And, you know, the thing of it is, is every relationship does have something. But the some things and the things that you work through are things that you're both on the same team about changing or they're like little things that you just sort of learn to live with because the rest of it is so good and when I say little things I mean like uh they don't hang their towel up or I mean I don't know there's just like so many like little differences in the way that people live life that you learn to it's like a give and take right it's it shouldn't be the big things respect um love support, encouragement. Um, those are the the big things, right? That you want to come home to and feel emotionally safe. You want to come home to and have an open dialogue and have it be a two-way street. Um, not just you talking and that person shaming you or, or saying the right words but never doing anything. And you're the only one that can empower yourself to say, you know what, you're not a bad person, but you're not my person. And when it's time to go, only you will know when it's time to go. And if you're on the receiving end of a breakup, that's even harder, especially when you don't see it coming, because it takes away your autonomy and it takes away your right to maybe have a say in it. So your initial gut feeling may be to fight and to convince them why they should be with you and not leave and don't do this. And I think that that's a really natural knee-jerk reaction for a lot of people. But what I'm here to tell you is when that emotion settles down a little bit, the best gift you can give yourself And even if it's right away, I have to tell you, I would recommend it right away because then it feels like at the very least you're doing something about it. Um, Sit down with a journal, piece of paper, your phone, whatever. And I want you to start to define, okay, what do I want in a relationship? What do I want in a partner? How do I want to feel? How do I want to be treated? How many boxes did that relationship actually check? And even if, and I know there's somebody out there that's saying, oh, it checked all the boxes. He was my perfect person. Ay-yay-yay. Because here's the thing. If he was, if he or she were your perfect person, then they wouldn't have broken up with you in the first place. Your perfect person is going to come to you and say, I love you and I love our relationship. What do we need to do to fix this? This is how I'm feeling and this is what I think I might need. Your perfect person isn't going to leave and if they're if they're leaving or they're breaking up with you as hard as it is to see right now it's a gift for better things to come because the last thing you should ever have to worry about is whether or not that person wants to be with you that's not emotionally safe that's not a safe place to come home to 
that's a that's an environment for questions and insecurities and anxieties that we all tend to self-diagnose ourselves with, right? Oh, well, I'm an anxious person or I should have done this or if I would have done this differently, he wouldn't have left. You know, those types of things. And I always think there's a place to take accountability for maybe what you didn't do um, that you feel good about or you could have done something different. But again, the right person would be open to hearing that and saying, okay, so when you're anxious or you're looking for validation and you do this, it makes me feel like I've got pressure or it makes me feel this. So this is what I need you to do instead. And then, you know, you've got an opportunity to be accountable to that and try that. And if you're not in an emotional place to do that, then that's probably why the relationship wasn't working. So it sounds like you have internal work to do which again, does not make you a bad person. It makes you a work in progress. And so I I just want to be really clear that a lot of times I think we try to blame the breakup on somebody and I'm all for taking accountability where you can. But a lot of times we need to look at breakups a little bit more objectively when you're emotionally ready to and say, okay, what was working? What wasn't? What would I have needed from them instead of this? What could I have done instead of this? And you use that information as experience to empower yourself to be emotionally available and ready for the next person, maybe your perfect person, right? And the thing about breakups is that they just, they tend to bring up so many questions of, insecurity and doubt and how will I ever trust again and I'm done dating forever and I'm never doing this again and again those are all really normal knee-jerk responses as well you'll know when you're ready but the one constant you can count on is you continuing to work on you you continuing to love and soothe you and remember that you are worthy of a healthy relationship. You do have the tools to have a healthy relationship and to be with somebody who can reciprocate that. And you're worth that. You shouldn't settle. And if you're trying so hard to make something work, but the other person just isn't there or they can't give that to you, again, maybe not a bad person, just not your person. You've got to choose you. And you've heard me say it a million times. If you continue to stay somewhere or fight for something or someone that isn't choosing you actively, you're not choosing you yourself. So you've got an opportunity here to choose yourself, love yourself, want the best for yourself, and heal. And I can tell you, you know, obviously I've got hindsight here, but I can tell you that the one breakup that I thought was it and I was never dating again and it was terrible. Um, I dated like casually here and there, but I, you know, I for a while I think it's normal to kind of compare where it's like, oh, I, I still want to feel this way and I'm, I'm I, you know, I miss this person. So I wasn't really ready. I had to give myself time. But then I met this person who I'm still with today, who I love and am grateful for every single day. And, um, but I was ready for it. And that was the difference. I wasn't just trying to meet somebody because I was on like this timeline or I wanted to be in a relationship. I, it's like the old cliche. I honestly didn't even see it coming, but it felt right. And I, I trusted myself 
and I kind of took it a little bit slow, um, you know, just in the sense of like getting to know this person, understanding what their intentions were. And um, here we are today. You know, we bought our first house together. Um, gosh, back in February, we made it through the pandemic, uh, you know, and uh, I'm grateful that I waited and didn't settle. And I know that that's really hard for you to see right now because you just think no one will ever make me feel the same way this person did. I promise you, when you can give that feeling to yourself, you give that love to yourself, the right person is going to come along and just amplify that feeling. And it'll be the best feeling in the world because the one thing you'll never have to question is, does this person really want to be with me? But you've got to get accountable to yourself and want that for yourself first. You are so worth it. So give yourself a little time to heal. You know, lay on the couch, eat some great snacks, watch some TV, grieve, cry it out. But then you've got to get yourself up and start to look at this a little bit more objectively. What do you want? What are you worthy of? What went wrong? And use that as a roadmap for experience for the next time. Don't close your heart off to love. Someone's going to come along that's going to love you and it'll be the best slashed easiest thing in the world because it'll just make sense. And you just have to have a little bit of faith and you have to have this emotional availability where you're open to it that um, to allow it into your life because you're worth it and it's worth it. So I hope that helps everybody. If you are at home right now grieving a breakup, I want you to know that there is no substitute for time, that it does get better. You will find your strength again. You will find your worth again. Start today by doing something for you, even if it's just telling yourself that you are lovable and worthy and you didn't deserve this. You know, you've got to be kind and compassionate to yourself always. And if you're feeling up to it, get out there and do something for yourself. Even if it's a walk or a delicious meal, do that for you until it starts to, you start to feel a little stronger and a little bit more empowered and you'll know when you're ready to move on. And hopefully that time comes sooner rather than later. Um, I hope that helps guys. Um, if you've got questions, email me at what's next with Lisa at gmail.com. Check me out on Instagram or Twitter. Um, otherwise, don't forget that today is a perfect day to ask yourselves what's next. Thanks for listening. Patterns of behavior that are kind of suspicious and uh, check a lot of boxes you're probably doing that um, because there's some red flags and some and the boxes that you're checking are toxic. And the question then is, all right, so how do I get out of this? How do I stop it? And, you know, that's that's the thing is you can't love someone like over the top or hard enough to make them want to actually love you back if they're a true narcissist. They're not able to. Uh, but what you can do is start to love yourself so where so well that others see that and say, whoa, I'm not going to show up to this. There's no way I can infiltrate that. And there is, you know, it's it's a lot of work ahead and it doesn't happen overnight um, because you've got to remember you're being tricked into thinking you found your soulmate. And then when you've actually when you actually realize that 
this person is going to be the cause of some of the lowest moments of your life, it's a really hard thing to wrap your head around. It's very, very difficult. And what happens though is I want you to look at the behavior for what it is. I want you to try as hard as you can to look at the behavior for what it is objectively and look at the patterns. And if they're toxic and abusive, you're worthy of more and you can get out. And what I'm recommending to you guys is not to use this podcast as your only method of support to get out. Seek out a therapist. Talk to a friend about it. Find a support group. Um, There are therapists who specialize in narcissistic recovery. And I'm telling you, it's not as easy as just getting out and deciding, ooh, that was bad. They they slowly dismantle your spirit and you have an opportunity now to get to put that back together. And so again, I'm less interested in the diagnosis and more interested in just saying, whoa, this is, this is violent and this is abusive. And basically all that boils down to is anything that is a pattern of coerciveness, um, controlling behavior, which can include physical, emotional, or psychological abuse, sexual abuse, financial abuse, using money and financial t- uh, financial tools to um, exert control, to gain control of you. These are all forms of abuse. And so if this is what you're dealing with, you are not alone and you don't need to fix this alone reach out to your family your friends a therapist it's um yeah it's it's bigger it's not your fault I want to say that this is not your fault this has everything to do about them and absolutely nothing to do about you other than the fact that they found somebody kind to take advantage of and they're really good at fooling people and I'm going to tell you what right now a lot of people will start to dive into their their healing and they'll say oh my god am I the narcissist wait a minute am I the narcissist and I'm going to tell you right now if you have to ask yourself the question you're not narcissists don't have empathy they don't have the ability to really question themselves or or you know so no you are not the narcissist although They would love you to believe that, but you're not the problem. And so if you're dealing with somebody who, you know, feels like a narcissist, acts like a narcissist, they probably are. Um, And they do it to gain control, to keep control, and to continue their narrative. And... It's just, it's one of those things where I wish so much that I could tell you step by step about how to heal yourself um, in this podcast, but I cannot tell you enough how important it is to seek out and um, get proper support, get proper help, and to remember that you are worthy of so much more than this. And so a lot of times, you know, I'll have people say, how do I just get back to who I was before I met this person? I feel like a shell of myself. And here's the thing. The truth is, is that you're not the same person you were when you met them. You've been through something. You've been through something traumatic. You've been through abuse and belittling and control and, you know, filtering yourself and walking the path of least resistance to just, you know, survive and 
And all along the way, when I say that out loud, a lot of people are like, that's crazy. Who would stay in that? Well, I'm here to tell you that when you're in it, they're so good at making you think that it's your fault and you're the problem. And if you just made them happier, if you could just do this, if you could just do that, then everything would be better. You internalize and personalize it all. And when that becomes your sort of like new normal or what you're used to, and then you come out of that, it's like coming up from underwater and taking a breath. You should be happy because now you can breathe, but you've got so many other things still left lurking under the water that you have to deal with. And so the first, my first bit of advice would be stop expecting to be the same person you were before you went into the relationship. You're different. You've been through a really difficult experience that has shaped you and changed you. You don't have to be bad different, but I want you to look at who you are and who you want to be and realize that you have the opportunity to now be a stronger, more loving, compassionate version of yourself. You've got to deprogram all that they've programmed you to believe. And so to do that, you've got to start to get really honest about who they are, what they tried to get you to believe, and what's not true. And and that comes with gaining some confidence after being out of the relationship. It comes with gaining the confidence to say, this person abused me. This person tried to make me second guess myself. That's not true anymore. I don't believe that. That's what they wanted me to believe. I get to now take control of what I want to believe. And I would tell you too, it's all about forgiving yourself first. I think a lot of people get really angry when they get out of these relationships and they're more angry at themselves really because they stayed in for so long. And when you get out of it, you tend to see things a bit more clearly, but that doesn't mean you're thrilled about it. Doesn't mean you're you're quite thrilled to be out. It means that a lot of people are really upset that they stayed in for so long. So I really want you to be mindful of also forgiving yourself for getting involved with that person, maybe even having kids with that person. You it takes a lot of bravery to go into a relationship and try to make it work. And they're so good at making you think that you're the only one that needs to make it work. You forget the fact that it takes two people working on something. It takes two people listening and growing and being empathetic and trying to understand the other person, not one person telling you how it's going to be. So it takes a little while to start to believe, one, that you can actually find that kind of relationship and to trust yourself and to trust people. But two, it takes a little while to start to have confidence in who you are again. Give it time. Be patient with yourself, but get really honest with yourself and call things out for what they are. Let your feelings come in. Feel what you need to feel. There's no right or wrong way to do this. However, first and foremost, the one thing that the one undeniable fact is this. You're worthy of more than abuse. You're worthy of more than being gaslighted. You're worthy of more than being told you're nothing, being berated, being hit, being called names, having your money controlled. And this happens to men. This happens to women. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. This happens and it's not okay. And you don't have to just accept it. And I will tell you, I actually think that when it happens to men, it's a little harder for society to wrap their heads around because we don't think of women as being narcissists. I'm here to tell you they exist and do irreparable damage sometimes to very, very kind men. 
And just like men take advantage of vulnerable kind women, women do the same thing. So there's no there's no gender tags we're putting on this conversation. This can happen to anybody. You're not stupid. You're not less than. You're brave and kind for being courageous enough to try to love somebody that is kind of impossible to love. Um, and so be soft with yourself. Be kind with yourself. Get excited about creating the version of you that you get to be and empower yourself to be it. Trusting yourself is going to come back with time. Trusting yourself and really committing to what you want, what you'll put up with, and what you won't is going to come with time. But your first order of business here is to take a breath, forgive yourself, call out the behavior for what it was, and focus on you moving forward. This isn't about going back and having a conversation with them and telling them what they did to you. They're not going to get it. They're not going to get it because they don't have the ability to get it. You're only going to cause yourself more harm and abuse by doing that. No contact. Be done. Be done. Move forward. If you have kids with this person and you have to try to figure out how to co-parent, well, then I encourage you to look up a technique called gray rock, which is basically responding to them in a way that's about as exciting as a gray rock and that means that you set boundaries you're clear and concise and you talk about the children because your job as a parent then is to is to be aware of what how they treated you and protect your children from being treated the same way now oftentimes narcissists look at their children like prizes or like extension of extensions of themselves so in public it all looks great right Maybe at home, though, it's really rigid and strict or it's just a free for all. And right they're that over adoring parent. It's hard to say, but you've got a responsibility now to be the parent in their life that can write that ship and show them boundaries and love and stability and consistency and authenticity. All those things we want for our children. So the first step in doing that is forgiving yourself accepting what it is and starting to move forward in a way that empowers you to now carve out your own identity you're not the same person you were when you met them you're better you're better but you're still just as worthy okay guys um i hope that this helps get you started if you've got questions about this or anything i said please um, email me at what's next with lisa at gmail.com you can also find me on instagram or twitter I am going to recommend a book that I recommend to a lot of my private practice clients and people coming out of relationships like this really tend to resonate with it and connect to it. And just like anything I recommend, I tell you, if it's not for you, that's okay. Um, But take, you know, take nuggets that maybe do work for you, um, that you like about it, you know, and, and use it. Um, use it how you need to. So this book that I like and that I recommend to my private practice clients is called Psychopath Free. And basically it's about recover. Well, I'll read it. It's, it's uh, called Recovering from Emotionally Abusive Relationships with Narcissists, Sociopaths, or Other Toxic People. And they go through chapter by chapter and basically say, this is what happened to you. This is how you start to repair the damage. I love the book Psychopath Free. Um, If you've got kids and maybe you're currently with a narcissist or you're trying to co-parent out of that relationship, there's a book called um, Raising Resilient Children 
with a uh, let me look at let me look it up here hold on here we go raising resilient children with a borderline narcissistic parent um this book talks a lot about different approaches and techniques for parenting when you're still in the relationship if you've had kids and then you realize oh crap i married a narcissist um it talks a lot about what to do in the relationship but there's also some good nuggets of information of how to approach your kids and what to do if you're out of that relationship you know i'm a i'm a huge advocate for educating and learning and so all the information you can get to try to better yourself is you taking accountability for this situation and wanting to move forward in a better way there is better out there guys and you're so worth it okay i hope that helps um thanks so much for waiting and again if you've got questions or comments show topics anything send me an email what's next with lisa at gmail.com you can also find me on Instagram or Twitter at What's Next with Lisa and take care of yourselves. And don't forget, today's a perfect day to ask yourselves, what's next? See ya.